People Church, so excited to be with you all today. Come on, on your feet, we're gonna worship. Are you ready? Come on, as I am.
dry wasteland you know when we say the word new it's not because who you are needs to change it's because what happens when you have an encounter with God with Jesus he transforms us from the inside out when God created you he created you with purpose he created you with a design he created you with a mission he created you with love in mind Let's sit on that for a moment. Can you believe that someone would just love you so deeply?
and so purely that they would go to the cross because they saw your face and they saw your testimony and they saw your breakthrough and they saw your healing and they saw your freedom and they thought it was worth it. So people church, if you don't have the faith to believe that you are worthy, I have it for you this morning. So let's pray and let's thank God on credit. Let's praise him on credit, knowing that he is going to move because he's just that good. So God, we invite you into this moment. We invite you into this space, into our hearts, God. Most importantly, we invite you into our hearts this morning. And we just wanna say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that every day we get to wake up and be made new because of your goodness. I pray, God, that we would step into this season with boldness, with courage, knowing that there's a new day upon us. So people, church, if you've been waiting and you believe that today is the start of something new, let's shout, let's praise, let's amen. He is good. Do you believe that? Come on. Amen, amen, amen. Welcome. People Church, we are so excited to have you. I am Eva. If you don't know me, I am part of Team Here. And today is a special day. Skin Deep, this series, it has been transformative from the inside out. There's so many things wanting to tell us our value, wanting to dictate who we are. But we know that the one who sits above it all, Jesus Christ, has called us good. And today's message, man, I encourage you, get your notepad, get your cell phone. It is exactly what you need. So go ahead and take your seat. It's going to be an incredible Sunday. If you're just tuning in, welcome. My name is Eva and I am on team here at People Church. It is so good to have you. Hey, let us know right now in the chat, what city are you tuning in from? It has been so cool to see people from Brazil. We've had people from Australia, literally all over the world, and we just are so excited. So while you're doing that, let me take a moment to introduce you to our digital assistant, Renee. Is this, if it is your first time, you're probably wondering one of two things. You wanna know a little bit more about us or how you could get connected into the life of community at People Church. So let's take a moment to meet Renee. People Church, you'll find connection and relationship. We like to say it this way, your best life is just a few relationships away. So how do you go about finding your people? That's where I come in. My name is Renee and I'm here to help. We've created a central digital space where the people, the information, and the relationships you're looking for are easily accessible. All you have to do is shoot me a text of the word home and follow the prompts. And in about 20 seconds, you're in. Now you're part of our digital space where you can look around and get a feel for everything that's happening and all of the things you can be a part of. Whether you want to know what's coming up, which one of our services suits you or your friends, find a night out at one of our hangouts, join a grow group, or even if you want to find a place where you can serve, it's all in one easily accessible place. Essentially, your next greatest relationships are at your fingertips. Think about it this way. I'm here to help make this your home. So, whether you're ready to dive right in or you just want to sit back and take a look around, Let's communicate until we connect. With you, for you, Renee. 
And that is Renee. So it is a few simple steps within 20 seconds you are in. So go ahead, pull your phone out, text home to the number below. Renee is just the bridge of communication. Anything and everything that you can and will want to be a part of will happen with our girl, Renee. Church, life has not stopped because we are not gathering in a physical building. There's still so much that you can be a part of. So let's see what's coming up in the next few weeks. Hey, People Church, we are so happy to be with you today. I am Maddie and this is Church News. Have you found your people? Grow groups are the lifeblood of our church and we believe at People Church that life moves at the speed of your relationships. Right now, we are also going from couch back to community, whether that is virtual, whether that's in person and safely socially distant, we want to do life with you and we want you to find your people. How can you do that? I'm so glad you asked. You can sign up for a grow group through Renee using the slash command grow group. We have groups that meet all over the city for all different seasons of life. Check them out through Renee. Have you recently made a decision to follow Jesus? We so want to celebrate that with you and answer any questions you might have. Our Unpack the Journey New Creation Night is happening on October 19. This is an opportunity for you to meet with our New Creations team and our leaders and to ask any questions you might have. Just learn more about what it looks like to follow Jesus and walk out this journey. We cannot wait to walk this out with you. You can register for this through Renee using the slash command register. Finally, church, we would like to thank you for your generosity with our COVID-19 support fund. Through this fund, we have raised almost $24,000 since March, since we set up the fund, that we've been able to give to our Chicago communities and our People Church family for anything like rent, food, utilities, just to help people out. Again, we want to thank you for your generosity and for partnering with us. If it is on your heart to contribute to the COVID-19 support fund, you can do so through Renee using the slash command give. Well, that's all I have for you today, church. Now get your notepads out, get ready, and let's get our hearts prepared for another message from Pastor Chris in our Skin Deep series. Hey, what's up, people, church? So good to have you here uh, for another week of our Skin Deep series. I hope you've been enjoying it. Have you been enjoying it? Yeah. Today I'm gonna actually interact with our studio audience because I feel like sometimes it just feels like we're just here and we're just like, what do we do with our hands? But we're here, we're full of faith. Yeah. We've got an OG Joel here from back in the day, Pritzker days, here from St. Louis today. So, so good. And I'm so glad you're here too. And I would say that I really want to start off with just a sense that you are not here on accident. And this is a theme that we're gonna play throughout the whole day today is, not the whole day, this is not going all day. I actually got 29 minutes, 28 seconds. Some people are like, I just came to a watch party and did not know what I came to. But we're gonna, for the rest of our time together, we're gonna to think a little bit about the fact that we are not here on accident. This is really contrary to the world's belief. Because the truth is we think if you are fully like just outside of the belief of who God is, then you believe that through natural selection, through, you know, evolution, you're here, however you feel like we got here. But the reality is it doesn't seem to be a purposeful tie-in to any of those thoughts. And everything from the fact that you're watching here today to the fact that you were made here on purpose, not a result of a one night stand or anything in between, you are here because God's got a plan for you. We're gonna discover that and talk about that because we are in our Skin Deep series. And the whole idea of Skin Deep 
is that beauty is only skin deep. We've all heard it, right? I mean, Mike hears it all the time, the cameraman, because he's so good looking and everyone's like, listen, there has to be more than just these good looks that you have. But beauty being just skin deep is the whole thought that there's nothing else but what you look like. And I think there's intentionality about our looks. We've said it, we're going to get to it in the series, right? God made no mistake by making us different skin colors, making us different heights, <laughs> making us different things. But the truth is that He's obviously got a plan for that aspect. But the best part, the depths, the things that we should live from, the foundation, if you will, has to be internally inside of us. So we're going to speak today to that. If you're here for the first time, I hope you stick through it for the next 27 minutes. In fact, I, got, I think you've got everything to gain, nothing to lose. And I believe that all those things, the anxieties, the depression, the fears, the days that you wish were gone, the fact of a sense of purposeless, all that stuff, I think uh, is, I, I know by the end of this service, I think we're going to address it. So stick through it. I think it's going to be awesome. I want to speak from this subject today, the value of value. The value of value. What's that mean, Chris? I don't know what it means. It just gets the people going. Okay. The value of value. The concept that value, when something is valuable, that is valuable. Like in the sense of, you know, pandemic happened, right? I don't think there was a whole bunch of value to toilet paper. Like, I mean, we used it, hopefully. If you haven't. Pro tip, there you go. Everybody, right? We're, we're bringing it strong today. Uh, but like, you know, toilet paper was toilet paper and needed it, but it wasn't like commodity of gold. And then all of a sudden people need it and now its value went up because it's valued, right? And I think if you were the toilet paper company, you're like, there's only one, the toilet paper company. You're kind of like, this is awesome. Why? Because they experienced the value of value. And I think that there is value to value. And if we don't understand, this is my opening statement, I guess, or not really because I've been speaking for a minute, but I think this, that our life is as strong as our value runs deep. And I'm talking values, I'm talking value, your value, your worth. Your life is as strong as your value runs deep. A company is only as strong as its perceived value. We work, that was a, that was a thing. Right? There was this ideology that it was $20 billion in, 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 in value, then they did a check on it. The perception from the outside for a minute was it was the company. All of a sudden they go through and start like kicking the tires a little bit and then it gets devalued. And the reality was they were living under the power of the, of the perception of value, the value of value. There is probably nothing. I remember years ago, I thought to myself, I was in a good routine. Anyone ever hit a good routine? Man, just like up early, eating healthy Fallon. Like Fallon is a health food junkie. It is insane. She's just about it. And like when you, I just remember thinking, man, there probably isn't anything better than like a good routine. I think I learned the value of a routine. Well, there is value to value. And if you and I could value ourselves, if you and I could understand that all of a sudden everything would shift things in our life would become stronger because the truth is we wouldn't sell out. We wouldn't fall short. We would actually have a little bit more caution with the things we do, don't do, because the things you value, you're more careful with it, right? Like the moment you've got something like, I did not know caution until I had children, right? Like up until children, I was a youth pastor. So I'm like, yeah, jump off the cliff. Everyone, that makes, that's a great video. Jump, don't just jump, backflip. You know what I mean? Like. I didn't know anything about caution. And then I have crews and literally 
don't know if you've had children, but walking out of the hospital, I feel like you're, you, you, you get more security checks leaving the Apple store with an iPhone than leaving a hospital with a child. Like you're just walking out, you're like, at any moment, is there a barcode? <laughs> All the ends time people are like, no, there's not a barcode. Um, Christian joke. Um, but you're leaving and you're just like, man, what the like, and it just is just like, everyone's just like, hey with it, but this is a life. And then you get in the car, strap him in, usually youth pastor, trying to go sideways around a roundabout, you know what I mean? You're trying to do burnouts. This time I'm driving 20 and I'm thinking about every single person that's going 21 and I'm thinking, you maniacs. No regard for life, right? Like I got so cautious, everything, like everything changed. And it's because all of a sudden I became aware of something. It's like it became so valuable to me that I couldn't even bear losing it. So I guarded it at a whole nother level. Do you think that maybe the relationships, the mistakes, the thoughts we have towards ourselves and how flippant we are with it and how easily we throw away not just a day, but a week, but a month, but a year. Do you think that maybe that might have to do with something in the ballpark of us not understanding our value? I just don't think that I'm worth anything. And how could you if you're not here by design? If you're not here by design and you're nothing but a collection of chances, then well, awesome. I'll make the best of it while I'm here. But what if things don't go wrong? Because this is one of my favorite sayings and I think planning a church taught me it, is that uh, adversity has a way of introducing a man or a woman to themselves. Like you think you know you till there's adversity. You think you're good. I mean, that's just how it goes, right? And when the going gets tough, you'll find out where you are. That's why I'm saying that your life is only as strong as your value runs deep. And I, I love this thought because we're gonna read, we're gonna read a, a verse, Eva, okay. my, my assistant. Even my assistant there gave me my phone. Uh, uh, I bought pockets, I bought pockets. I didn't buy pockets. In fact, I didn't buy pockets. I bought pants and it didn't come with pockets. So I obviously didn't buy the pockets. I don't know what it is. Anyone at Zara, if you're listening, um, stop sewing the pockets. It's like a cruel joke. You know what I mean? I'm like trying to, why? I don't get it. It's like, that's like, that's like a contractor creating a door that's fake. Why? No, we don't need it. We don't need it. Speak to management. I don't understand. Okay, we're moving. I digress often. We're here for it. But we're here. We're, yeah, we're stuck here now. Okay. Here you go. It is Psalm 139, and we're going to go for a minute. It's up from verse 1 to 13, okay? It's a bit of Bible reading. I'll get your Bible reading in for the week, okay? We're a full-service church. Here we go. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. That's scary. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Basically mean that he's, he's protecting you at the back, protecting you at the front. He's got your back. Modern day paraphrase, he's got your back, okay? And this says this. You hem me in before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up the heavens, up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. 
The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, how precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast is the sum of them. Isn't that just like, I think it's got to be the ultimate verse on identity. Like he says this, your, your work is, fearf- is one, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. You know what that fearful means in that translation? It basically means that God's work, God's handmanship, like his workmanship is, is so unique and all striking. It's all basically like, wow, I'm, I'm fearfully made, meaning I'm just, it's, it's, it's all striking what God does. What I find interesting is as God is speaking or, or David is recanting God's worth, well, God's perception of value through the way that God made him, he actually says some key things because he actually says, if I'm in the highs of life or in the depths of the depths, like the lowest of lows, you still, you're still there. Unlike human nature, where when we're at our highs, everybody could be around us. But when we're in our lows, everybody leaves. Everyone's good as long as we agree on the right politician and we agree on the right perspective of every single current day event. But friends are often as close as we are good. But God, when you understand your value from the inside and if you want to actually become unshakable, immovable, then you've got to set a value that cannot change, which means it must be set by someone who does not change. God is the same when you're good and God is the same when you're bad. God is the same when your best day and God's on the, the, the best on your worst day. The things that you won't look at, He doesn't turn away from. The areas of your past that you're ashamed of and that therefore disqualify you, therefore you're not as valuable as you were. God says, hey, your value has never been set. Based on those things, it has been set by my craftsmanship. I made you, therefore you're worth something. It's kind of like art, right? It's kind of like art. I, I, you know, like I'm not really like super artistic or anything. I don't quite understand certain co- concepts of art. But sometimes you got, have you ever seen something you're like, oh, an adult did that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's got me thinking. It's got me, like, if I kind of like, sometimes you're like, which way am I supposed to look at this one? Like, where are we at with this? And then, but you see other people in, you know, art gallery, like, this, this. Like, they love it. And why? Honestly, because of who made it. Honestly, some of the things we pay for, right, some of the things we pay for, there's collabs with shoes and just because it's got a love heart on it with some eyes, it's like, bam, gone, <laughs> love this. <laughs> like someone else did it and sold it at a market next door. You'd be like, nice kid, well done. Yeah. But like, if it's got the right name on it, wow. yeah. bam, on, it's amazing. If, 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 if someone, if a designer does Crocs, you know what I mean? <laughs> but if it's at Walmart, we're like, no, what's changed? Nothing but the hands that made it. We actually in our society are quite comfortable with the fact that value is not about the product, but the producer. So if we're comfortable with life that way and we leave the house kind of feeling like pretty like got all sorts of drip on because it's got a name to it and we're okay with that and we'll pay the world's rent for it. You know what I mean? How many times you're like, sorry, landlord, can't make it. 
but I look sick. You know what I mean? Like, why? Because someone did it. But we're happy to be dressed in something that is perceived with value because of someone's production, but we're not happy to do the same and adopt the same framework for us. That you are not good because of anything other than the fact that you were produced by God. You are wonderfully, fearfully, extraordinarily made. And I love that He says your frame was not hidden from me, meaning I saw you in your entirety when I made you. It's not that He's speaking out of ignorance. He's speaking out of authority. He is speaking out of sovereignty. God, the God of the universe that holds this whole thing together made you and I. Therefore, you and I have worth and we have value that cannot be changed. And it comes from God. It is crazy. And I love that He says is this. He also says that our days are numbered. Every single day, meaning God has the final word on who will and who will not graduate to heaven or not. You know what I mean? Our time is not subject to fear of the left and the right of what's happening in the world. But the reality is, yes, have wisdom. Yes, obviously value your life. Don't get crazy with it. God's numbered them, skydive, no parachute. Like that's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that sometimes we are so afraid of other things being, the Bible says that He is the author and finisher of your faith. But how often have you made your family's medical history the author and finisher? How often have you made your past the author and finisher, your doctor's report the author and finisher? Well, the reality is we're going to get bad reports. God's okay with them. In fact, I'd say He's into them because a bad report is nothing but a good platform. A bad report is a good platform for God's glory. And all the bad reports you've been given about who you are and what you're not and how you're not enough. Can I just tell you the world needs us, the church and God's creation to stand up with a sense of value. Because guess what? If we don't value us, no one else will. You hear it right? People treat you like they meet you. And it's like an age old saying, but man, there there was a time where Ords and I, actually a lot of times, but there was a time where Ords and I had this really bad car. Like it was so bad. And I bought it. I thought it was amazing, by the way. Also, I bought it thinking it was blue and I pick odds up and then she's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in the blue car. She's like, what blue car? I'm in the blue one right in front of me. She's like, what blue car? The blue little car that's right in front of me. She's like, you're in that purple car? I was like, no. I don't know if I'm colorblind, but everybody saw it purple. Uh, purple. I, I still see it blue, but I bought a purple car with rocking it. I was just, I was in, you know? And man, that car was so bad. It was like the worst. I actually felt apologetic on the freeway, right? Like as I'm driving, I'm like, sorry, so sorry, sorry. Sorry to God for all the damage it's doing to the ozone layer. Like that thing was just the worst, right? Like you basically would pour oil in and it comes straight back out. It was like a waterfall. People were like, that's a nice water feature. Like it was the worst. And I remember one day we get into a car accident and it wasn't my fault. The guy actually comes and just just drives like speeding because again, it didn't go too fast on the freeway, smacks it. We pull over and he's like, man, I'm so sorry. The funny thing is because of what I thought the car was worth, I came out and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I can't believe that my piece of junk was in the way of your car and you hit it. Like I felt terrible. Me and Ords are both like, Ords is like this, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. Like she just stayed in the car, by the way. Just, I'm just out there. I, I was ashamed that my car was a possibility for someone to hit. It was totally his fault. But the reality is I just didn't think the car was worth anything. And I watch people go through life, if you will, apologetic that they're in the way. 
man, I'm so apologetic I'm at work today. I'm so apologetic that I'm in this this treatment I'm getting. I'm worth it. It's what I deserve. Oh, bad week. Of course it is, God. You couldn't couldn't bless me. I mean, look who I am. If we're going to actually live to who God called us to be and actually be what He needs us to be, you and I have to understand that if we don't understand value, we will automatically devalue. And we will do this. What's the byproduct of devaluing? You will always settle for a relationship that's not the best. You'll always allow treatment that is not in line with God's workmanship. You will always settle for a job that is not a dream. You always allow circumstances to become a telltale of your worth rather than changing your circumstances because of your worth. Everything shifts, we sell ourselves short. If you and I are gonna live more than just skin deep, and that can work, yeah, fine, if you're super good looking, then beauty's not skin deep, that's a great concept. But what if also we take too much value and pride in the things that are exterior. Yes. When the reality is I've never seen somebody, whether good looking or not, fear is still dominating. Depression is still something that is crippling. Anxiety is something that affects everybody. So obviously it's not the look. And if you've had trouble with your aesthetics, can I just encourage you? Maybe you're just focusing on the wrong thing because we've seen that done over and over and over throughout history. You can meet one of the most, be- you can meet the best looking person and they're like, I only like people to take photos from this angle. You're like all your angles seem pretty much pretty good. Like, you know, but Michael Jackson was just one of the most like influential, man, just a stud and changed himself completely. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what's there. What matters is what you see. And if it starts on the external, it's going to be on the internal. What you see destroys the possibilities because if you don't see it along, along the lines of what God has created, you're ruined. We have to get to a place where we are greater than just the exterior superficial things of life. I said at the beginning that we are only as strong as our value runs deep. And what I love about it is that God hid your value in a place that the devil shouldn't be able to get to, that he didn't have a hand in making, so therefore he cannot devalue it. But we said, like I spoke about with the car, it is the perception of worth, the perception of value, the value of value that is attacked. And that same concept is where I want to kind of go to. That's what the devil's plan is. He knows that he cannot ruin the value, but he could definitely ruin the value of value. He can't change your value, right? We've all seen that old thing of, you know, someone gets a hundred dollar bill and they do all sorts of things when they still want it. Everyone's like, ah, yeah, of course they do. It's a hundred dollar bill. You know what I mean? Yes. But it's true. I mean, it's a cheesy old analogy, but it's, a, it's true. And the devil knows it to be true. And the devil, I think, should be in marketing because he has fooled people that he doesn't exist. He has rebranded himself multiple times. In fact, he is so good at branding that we don't even blame him for things. We blame God. He is so good at marketing. I mean, he is a branding extraordinaire. He's so good that he branded you from the moment you came into the earth. He started branding you with what you're not. He started branding you. And guess what he does? In fact, he should also be like a campaign manager. Because what he does is he sees your strengths and he starts a campaign against them and starts doing the complete opposite. Typical politics. And he runs your life 
through perception and he spends the rest of your life from the moment you were born attacking your worth. Why? Because we said this in series, in the first message of the series, that we were made in the image and likeness of God and he is God's enemy. So you came into a hostile environment. And I think one of the greatest revelations we can have if we're gonna be who we're called to be, then is this, that you and I were born into a hostile environment that wasn't even about us. It is nothing but a campaign of perception to ruin the value of value in your life. If you won't understand how valuable it is to actually value yourself, if God, if the devil can get to that, he's got you beat. And from day one, he points back to your family lineage. He points back to your habits. He points back to your mistakes. He points back to the way that people have treated you. And if they've seen you this way, then obviously you are. But here's the thing, I've never been asked to evaluate art, not once. You know what I mean? No one on the, on the street comes up to me and goes, hey, hey man, I'm a really well-known artist and you don't know anything about art, but I really think your opinion would be super valuable. Like, please, because what you say will determine if I ever develop another art piece again. Wow. When? You know what I mean? Like Gordon Ramsay hasn't called me lately <laughs> on what he should cook next, you know? And I never woke up to a morning where Audrey's there going, hey, hey, Chris, was that right? How do you do it? How do you sing? <laughs> Half of you didn't even know I was singing right then. You're like, what's he doing? <laughs> we don't do that. Yeah. So why do we allow the opinions of broken people yeah. who are projecting their brokenness and their standards of perfection on what has already been created perfect by God, if we look at the internal standards of what God has done. He has formed you, He has created you, and this is what He has done. And if you don't understand that the devil has been attack attacking your branding, your worth from the moment you started, then you're gonna be subject to an enemy that you can't see because he rebranded himself as not there. He, he's not the reason that you're insecure. He's not the reason that your last relationship failed. He's not the reason you hate yourself. He's not the reason for depression. In fact, yes, he absolutely is, which is why this is so important that the gospel is called good news. Why? Because it is our ability to not just simply say, oh, Jesus is real. No, what we're saying is if he's real, then you're intentional. That's the power of it. If God is real, you're not a mistake. If God is real, you're worth dying for. Like if God is real, then everything shifts. And guess what? That means if He comes from the unseen, then your value comes from the unseen as well. And although we're so used to building our life on these physical means, the truth is that you and I were made for something greater, something bigger. And I want to get to the end of that Psalm. It shifts quickly from design to purpose. Because you can't have a purpose without a design and you can't have a design without a purpose. No one makes something without a purpose. Whether an artist makes something simply to be enjoyed or an engineer makes something to be functional, everything has been made for a reason. There is nothing on this earth that you could even say and take away purpose from its existence. Like mosquitoes. <laughs> if a mosquito has purpose, we all got purpose, okay? Like everything on this world, from the sun to the seasons, everything has a purpose. There is nothing that is created without function. And often we hear in the church, people kind of get frustrated. You know, the deeper thinkers of the church are really frustrated with the purpose-driven message. You know, like, oh, it's just so surface. Purpose here, it's not just all purpose. Yes, it is. Yeah. Why do I think that? 
Because God made us with a purpose in mind. As humanity, He made us to enjoy His presence. That's a purpose. All right? When He answers to Pontius Pilate about why He's standing in front of Him, about to sacrifice His life, Jesus makes it very clear that it's not a dumb move and not a ridiculous move. And He's not just being a just quiet, like, you know, just, He's, he's actually purposely going there for this I was born. For such a time as this, I was born for this cause. I was born. He's basically saying, I came here for a reason. Jesus birthed us for a reason. Uh, Isaiah 49 speaks. It's Isaiah speaking to God and basically saying, wow, God, you hid me in your hand. You form, you, 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 you've created me like a polished arrow. Hidden in the shadow of your hand. And then he speaks like God is speaking to him and he basically says what God said to him. And God said, to, for you to just bring salvation to Israel would be too small a thing. I have reserved you for the nations. I'm not saying purpose is the only thing in the Bible, but can I just tell you that purpose is a major thing in the Bible. It is a theme from the get-go to the end. There is a purpose to every verse. There is a purpose to every number. There is a purpose to every phraseology. There's a purpose to every analogy. There's a purpose to every allegory. There is a purpose to every conversation. There is a purpose to every stop. There's a purpose to every storm. There's a purpose to every single thing in the Word. And purpose is all the way through it. And I think that what we understand is that David seems to realize through this Psalm that he was put together by the one, the only, that his worth has been set, it has been penned, it cannot change, and therefore he has got a purpose. You are here for a reason. You ever walked with purpose? Changes everything. You give someone a badge. You know what I mean? Give them give him an earpiece, it's done. What's that? I don't even think anyone's talking to him. Anyone say anything? No, just checking. Like, you give someone a purpose. In fact, you could get into a party. You could get into anything if you walk with purpose. At conferences, I've gone into green rooms, not because I've ever been invited, but you just got to walk with a purpose and a coffee. You know what I mean? And by the way, here's a pro tip. If you want to get into a green room with a coffee, make sure that the name on the coffee is not the name on your badge because that means that your intern got it. Boss move, right? That's what happens. It's not even my money. Luke got it. You know? They're like, oh, yes, sir. Come on straight in. You walk with purpose and everything's different. You get up with purpose and people, in fact, you run with purpose in, a, in like anything. Like when we play basketball, Nosa, I don't know that Nosa's the most skilled basketballer. I'm not, I'm not hating on him. But can I tell you that man moves with purpose? And when he's moving, so are we. Out the way. It's, it's yours, Nose. You take that. I end up just cheering. Well done. (laughs) Like there is something about purpose that moves you differently through the crowds and the spaces of life. And I don't think that we quite often embrace the fact that God made us with a purpose to move through this world, to change the world, to be people that reflect His glory. And purpose was never created from your external frame in. It was created from your internal out. And I want to encourage you that you've got better days ahead of you. 
I want to encourage you that you've got a reason to be here. I want to encourage you that you are not the sum of your experiences because I believe that your experiences have been a well-crafted launch against your identity. You are more than your propensities. You are more than what you've been told. You are more than your insecurities and you're more than your personality type. Don't single yourself out and just allow yourself to be less than when God made you more than you could ever create, ever imagine. And that is when we start to actually live. Why? Because if you value yourself, you'll guard yourself. Number one, if you value yourself, you will guard yourself. Anything that's valuable is guarded. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever noticed you get paranoid about certain things once they're in your possession? You typically don't even care where you park the car until you've got something of worth in the car. And then you scrutinize all sorts of scenarios. Like as if someone's just walking past with a radar. Whoa, hold up a second. I think I can't see through this car, but <laughs> it smells like value. You know, like we don't, but we get paranoid about it because we guard when we understand that there is value in our possession. Yeah. What makes you valuable is not the things that you think the world needs from you, but it's the things that you can offer that God knitted in you from the beginning. How often have you stopped to celebrate that you are creative, not from the outside in, but from the inside out? Why don't you dream new ways to get creative about the way you encourage someone, creative about the way that you reach someone, creative about the way you serve someone, creative about the way that you help someone shift their perspective. Creatives are one of the best at looking at something and seeing it for something that it's not. You know what I mean? You walk in, I walk with Logan Trans somewhere and he sees a brick wall and I'm like, brick wall. And he's like, snap, 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 snap. Next thing you know, it looks like incredible. I'm like, I never saw that, but yeah, that's amazing. We all used to worship like this, thinking it was just worship. Creatives come and they make it a just, just looks incredible. Whoever would have thought to just put your hand in front of blinds, so the shadows. That one's popular, everyone does that one. Just, just riding here in shadows, so creative. Ah. The shadows, they love the shadows. Shadows and plants, shadows and plants. Um, but like, the thing is that we often don't use what God has put inside of us to change the world around us. We often just accept the world around us. Why? Because we're not here on purpose and we're definitely not here with value. But when you walk with a purpose and you have a value, you feel you've got the right to change things. When you are, value, when you are a valued customer and you feel like it, manager, please. <laughs> when you know that the manager's not gonna care, <laughs> you don't even ask for him, right? I went to New York for the first time and my mother-in-law, she was like, I wanna speak to the manager. And the guy just said this, nope. <laughs> I loved it. He was like, nah, not happening. Don't care. <laughs> Get out of here, lady. Like, it was so good. So New York, it's my place. Like, you don't even have to, you bump into people in New York, you don't have to say sorry. Um, but you probably should because we're Christians. Um, but like, there is something about us when we're valued and feel valued and know our value, we believe that the environment externally should match what is happening internally. Why don't we use that sense to start looking and walking through this world as if we should expect better because we have better within us. And why don't we use the things that God put within us? If you're strategic, if you have the ability to see things different, don't think that they are limited to a canvas when they could be absolutely just present in every area of life. When you understand that you have value, you guard it. Number two, when you have value, you promote it. And I don't mean you tell the world of how awesome you are, but I do think that when you have value, you understand that you've got something to offer. Wow. 
if we're going to be the church and we're going to change the world, we can't keep hiding. Yeah. I mean, again, no purpose in the Bible. What good is salt if it loses its saltiness? That seems pretty purposeful to me. What good is light if it's hidden? Seems pretty purposeful to me. There seems to be purpose woven in every single thing. And what I mean about promoting is do you feel like you've got something to offer in the environments that God has placed you in? Because again, if you don't have value and you don't have purpose, this is what happens. You think that you are a bystander and a mistake and an inconvenience to the environment like my car was instead of feeling like you have something to bring. Why? Because you have a reason to be there. No matter where you are right now, we often won't get to the places that we're called to go because we don't know how to, val how to value the places that we are. Wow. And we have these dreams and we call them dreams because we actually don't think they're gonna happen. <laughs> the moment you call your dream a plan means you believe it. Okay. <laughs> and that means you've got to actually have value for where you are because you realize that this is, the, this is the idea. I don't have to know the purpose for every environment if I know that I was made purposely. Come on. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Too many of us need an assignment and a descriptor. I've had leaders before say, Chris, you gotta tell them that I'm leader because they're not listening. If I have to tell them, they're not gonna listen. You've got to understand your purpose. Therefore, you don't need a new assignment in every environment. I know what I'm made to do. I know I am made to lead through tough environments. I know I'm made to bring the good news to the masses. I know I'm meant to bring people close to Jesus and Jesus to people. I know what I'm made to do. And I could do that in a deli. I could do it in a, in a cafe. I could do it in a corporate boardroom. I could do it anywhere I got to be because if God put me there and He is my, 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 my navigator, the Bible says He audits the steps of the right if He's moving me into environments and I believe He's moved me there for a reason. I'm not here on accident, so I'm going to act on purpose. You're not here on accident, so let's act on purpose. You're at work on purpose. You're on that train on purpose. In that carriage on purpose. That broken person is there on purpose. Even brings me to current day events when we stay silent on things that we need to talk about. You're in this city, in this world, experiencing and seeing it on purpose. We've got to talk about it. We've got to be here. We've got to bring change in the world that we're in, but we won't bring it if we don't think we're valuable and if we don't have purpose, because then you don't have anything to offer and you're just here a byproduct of happenstance. You and I were made because God's got a plan for you and I. You and I are here on purpose. And I just want to take a moment to speak to you. If you're on the other side of this camera, maybe it has been a rough year, rough life, rough season. Maybe everything in your world has kind of, this message has resonated because you're sitting there saying, man, everything in my world has shaped my perspective. I have believed that I am not what I could be. I've often wondered if there's more. Those things are not wonderings and just mere, just fleeting thoughts. They are actually a compass that God has planted inside of you yeah. because He has made you. And the things you desire most are usually the things that God has actually called you to live. Sometimes they do get broken and marred through the different perspectives that we have. But I do believe that every time that God has put something inside of me, I always wanted a bigger life. I always wanted to speak to people. I always, even though I was drastically, crazily insecure, crazily aware of my own voice and just how loud, and just, oh God, don't say anything. And it's funny that the minute that God saved me, I felt valuable again. Why? Because I was no longer just here because mum and dad don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I'm here because God made me, yeah. created me. 
And on top of that, he's made me with a purpose. I actually kind of got my little earpiece. You know what I mean? I, I, I kind of did, right? I, I didn't have an earpiece, but I did walk like it and I did feel like it because God's like, I need you to go tell him. Sorry, guys, I'm on assignment. Like I felt like that. And honestly, I don't know, but I hid behind my purpose and I'm thankful for it. Outside of my purpose, I don't know that I want to talk to you. Outside of my purpose, I've got no reason to push through. Outside of my purpose, I've got no reason to endure. Outside of my purpose, there's no room for patience. Outside of my purpose, I don't need to love you. Outside of my purpose, my own space and my world with a clear boundary and a really tall fence is very convenient. But in my purpose, it is a shield. Why? Because if God sent me, He's also not going to leave me. So now I can walk into an environment and I'm saying, you're not really rejecting me. It doesn't matter to me because I'm here on a purpose. You were made for a reason and I hope you get that because I tell you what, every fleeting thought that tells you otherwise is not your own and it's not God's. And I promise you that there is a future for you that is greater than your experiences. And here's what I know, is that quite often somebody who has lost it all will attack somebody who has it all. That the, the ultimate display of bitterness is someone who has lost the very thing they wish they had. And when they come across someone who has what they wish they had, they just tend to want to tear it down. And the devil had it all. He was the worship leader in heaven. He was, the, he was like the guy under God. He was the one that just kind of was like leading the people. And he wanted it all and he lost it all. And why does he hate you and I so much? Because he lost what we now have. And that's why the hostility you've probably felt in your life is not a happenstance. In fact, let me put this out there. If you've experienced great hostility, I bet you it's because you've got great purpose. And if you've experienced great opposition, I believe it's because you've got great opportunities. I believe that God's got something for you. And I want to tell you right now, as you're listening to this, it is really, really simple. You will never get there by yourself because you never got here by yourself. You got here by a Creator and now you need a Creator to help you get to where you're meant to be. He doesn't want you to just get there because He doesn't need workers. He wants relationship. He wants actually people to be co-owners, co-heirs with Him. He wants to work together in something we all own. And that is the beauty of who God's called you and I to be. If you're sitting there listening to this and you're like, Chris, man, I want this. I want to believe that I'm worth something and I want to believe I've got something bigger to do on this earth other than the things that are just in front of me. Then it's this simple. You've just got to invite the Creator to be part of your everyday life and it happens through this. It's an acknowledgement that He died and rose again so that you could be valued. Second thing is, He died and rose again so that you and Him could draw close. And all that requires is if you believe that, man, Jesus, I do believe, at least through today's message, in this moment, that you died and rose again so that I could have a life and I want you in it everything changes. The Bible says it this way, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ died and rose again, you shall be saved. So if you're saying, Chris, that's me, I want to pray that prayer. I want to invite him in. You could be on a train. You could be at a restaurant. You don't even have to close your eyes. It doesn't matter. God knows what's going on. If you're at a watch party, every single person, close your eyes. Every single person, give someone privacy. We don't know the state of where everyone's at in our room. Even your best friend who you've known for years, let's just let this be a moment. And what we're going to do is right now on the count of three, I want you to close your eyes. Or if you're in a public space, you just go into the zone, whatever it is. We're going to pray a prayer. It's going to invite Jesus into our heart as our Lord and Savior. If you can speak it, speak it. If you can't say it in your heart, God hears it. Are you ready? Come on, let's go. I believe this is the beginning of the rest of your life. One, two, three. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I ask you in my heart as my Lord and Savior. I thank you. You forgive me of all my sin. I have a hope, a future and a destiny through a relationship with you. Teach me my real value. Help me walk with purpose the rest of my days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. That is one of the best decisions. Come on. You might be wondering why we're excited because we know what this means. This is the beginning of the rest of your life. It's where everything shifts. I want to encourage you. This is not where it ends. This is just where it starts. The best is ahead for you. And we're going to, we want to give you a gift. It is the book of John. It is one of the gospels and it is beautifully laid out. It is just a great book. You could read it anywhere. And on top of that, it has truth about who you are and who you're called to be. So. Text the number, follow the prompts, get that. And also you don't want to miss next week. We've got an incredible speaker coming up. You're going to love it. Speaking on the Skin Deep series. I hope it's speaking to you. I hope it's moving. Why don't you give us a shout out? Let us know where you're listening from, what city, what nation. It always is impacting to us to know that we're reaching you all the way from. I know we've got to give my shout outs to Mexico City, Sao Paulo, uh, New York City, Dallas, Texas. Thank you all of you for letting us know where you're coming in from. We are just all about it and we hope to have a campus right near you soon. And if that's going to happen, you need to hit us up. Let us know where you're at, how you're, how you're tuning in. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you back here next week for another message in the Skin Deep series. Also, church, people, church, strong. There we go. Just wanted to get your attention. We are in the building stages of our future home and facility and we've got our new running date. That's March 28th and we are believing that we're going to smash through that thing. We are going to have everything we need to make this a reality. There is something about us walking as a testimony of who God is. There's another thing, us building something as a, as a, a physical standpoint that people know they can come see, uh, find hope, healing, just sit here, whatever it might be. And it's right there by the train line. So how many people are going to just go straight past it? I believe it's going to be impacting. I want to encourage you, continue to be generous. I said this at the beginning of COVID and, and, and the pandemic. When things get rough, this is the time that we as Christians need to stand up. We cannot hide in, this mo in these seasons because we need to be there. And at the end of the day, I believe at the end of all of this, there's going to be people that need a home, that need, a, that need to find faith. And you and I and our faithfulness in this season will actually determine what is ahead for us. We've often said it's not our best day that we need to often worry about, but it's how we act on our worst day that will determine our best. Church, who we've been over the last seven years is brilliant, but who will we be in a pandemic? And who will we be when we need to build a building like we have to? I believe we could do it. Stay generous. I appreciate everything you do. Let's keep changing the world together.